You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Good. Excited for another episode of the uh, Kitchen Table Finance podcast here on a beautiful, gloomy, late summer day uh, in Michigan. It is not gloomy where I am. It is bright and sunny and temperate. I think temperate is the right word. It's not even humid. It's kind of Wow. Uh, supposed to get nice here today, so let's uh, get this get this thing going, so I can enjoy what should be a nice day, right? Yeah. So today on the podcast, we're going to continue part two of our Ask Us Anything segment. So we have a couple of great questions to finish out this uh, podcast series, Dave. Number one is: Should I pull money out of my retirement account for my child's college? Well. So from a planning perspective, I think you and I would always want to approach it like in the early phases before tuition bills are due, right? Of let's set up a dedicated college savings account separate from your retirement savings for a lot of reasons. One is is you can use a an account that is, you know, has specific rules geared around tax advantages using it for education. And yep. just to the psychology of having those be separate goals that you're saving mm-hmm. for, you know, there's the old, there's the old cliche in financial planning that you can't get a retirement loan, but it's easy to get student loans. Right. Too. So that always, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little tongue in cheek and it's kind of ironic to talk about this week when, uh, you know, changes in the student loan landscape are taking right. but, <laughs> but <laughs> You know, it kind of just underscores the whole idea that you really should prioritize retirement savings if you have to rank the two or choose, you know, between them. But the best option is to save for each separately. Yeah, you know, I guess this is kind of a loaded question because we, you know, we could take this a couple different ways without knowing kind of the background of it. I think you're absolutely right. Like the best time to ask this question and to have this conversation is probably... We, yeah. we have before your child's born, if not yeah. shortly after birth, uh, because there's a lot that can go into that in terms of planning. And certainly not when they're um, turning 18 and you're dropping them off at school. You shouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. be just starting to think through that question. And then there is the age old, you know, you can get a loan for college. And now apparently you can also get a part of that forgiven um, <laughs> as an option on the table versus retirement. Uh, which the only the only retirement loan forgiveness that I know about is death, so that's probably right. a great planning option. Right. But I guess you know it's it, there's a lot of things that go into that, right? Like uh, ideally, you're right, Dave. We should be saving separately for this goal, or yeah. you know, be have a separate account, but also have a backup plan of being a retirement account that if you need the mm-hmm. money, you can pull out of. I think I guess. Looking at it strategically, the first thing you want to ask yourself is, am I on track to meet slash exceed my retirement mm-hmm. goals where I currently stand, right? Right. right. And if I'm not, what, what are the trade-offs, right? We talked about this in the, in the first segment of the trade-offs of, you know, you can work longer, you can spend less in retirement. So what are the trade-offs of 
if I pull money out of my retirement account for my child's college education, what are the trade-offs? Does that mean I have to work an extra two years? Does that mean I have to potentially earn a higher rate of return? Does it mean I need to spend less in retirement? Am I willing to make those trade-offs for my kid's college education? Or have you been fortunate enough to maybe have overfunded your retirement account? Yeah, you know, the, the, it all has to be thought of as as one big, as a as a part of a bigger puzzle, right? Yeah, absolutely. And more to what was probably in this particular person's mind when they asked the question is, okay, tuition's due here in a couple of weeks. I don't have a dedicated savings account. And my options are either borrow money or take it out of my retirement account. And that's probably what's spurring the question. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the short run, uh, you know, this is always a always a tough question. You can, a, one reason it comes up is because you can get around the tax penalties on mm-hmm. accounts if that money is spent for tuition. You can make that 10% penalty go away if it's being used for a qualified education expense. But it still does two things. It is generally going to be taxable if it's coming from a pre-tax account. It's still going to count as income for this year. So if you take $20,000 out, you know, you're going to net 15 or, you know, depending on your tax bracket, you've got to take that into consideration. So you're tacking a tax cost onto the tuition bill on top of whatever exorbitant amount Michigan State or Michigan is charging you. Right. Whatever. And, and then, but then also that money can't easily be replaced in a retirement account either, mm-hmm. right? Because there's rules. So you're taking something out of a tax advantage situation that over the long term, that tax preferred growth, whether it's Roth tax free or pre tax, you know, traditional IRA, that tax preferential treatment compounds immensely over you know, the course of your working years into retirement. So you don't just lose the tax cost now, you lose potential tax savings on a bigger dollar amount, assuming growth in the future. So all of a sudden, the interest cost on borrowing may not be quite as bad as what you might be giving up. Yeah, not to mention student loans still have preferential tax payment or tax um, deductibility. So there's that to consider. So the interest rate net to you is yeah. probably a little bit less for your student. But, and, and you know, we're never big fans of market timing, but we're also sitting at a point where the market's down right now. So pulling right. out of retirement accounts is probably, the, you know, it that just compounds cost. the problem. Right, right exactly. <laughs> right. Because of where the market's at, you know. Yeah. It's a different equation if the market's up 30% year to date, right? If you can be somewhat proactive, and it's a little late for this year, but we always encourage every college age student to apply for the, to take the FAFSA seriously, even if you don't qualify for any need-based aid, because every student can get at least unsubsidized federal loans up to a certain dollar amount every year. If If you take the FAFSA, you can get federal direct student loans, um, you know, your need will determine whether it's subsidized or unsubsidized. Right. And I forget the caps offhand, but it's somewhere like six, a little less than 6,000, I think your freshman year, and it goes up a little bit each year. And so just by taking, you know, having that available gives you some flexibility there. 
Right. It gives you an option. Everybody's, you know, everybody can get a loan up to whatever those caps are. Right. right. Like you said, right. 6,000. The, the right. question is whether the interest starts right away or starts after school. And that's a right. based thing. And, and then, you know, if, if you're in the financial aid system too, parents can get parent plus loans fairly easily. Right. I, I've had work with some folks that got themselves into trouble with parent plus loans because you were essentially able to borrow all that your child may need for education without a lot of underwriting. And yeah. you can end up with some pretty bad um, loan payments going on into retirement if you're not careful. Just be careful and circling back to where we started, it all comes down to as much pre-planning, you know, be as proactive as you can be early on. And we could do a whole another show on college affordability and having those conversations with your student when they're like a freshman or sophomore in high school about what is affordable rather than going to, you know, school of your choice. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And we can, you know, we definitely could probably have a whole series on that. And maybe just to touch on it lightly right now, that's definitely, you know, something that you have to consider. What are we, you know, are we shelling out for U of M, private school, MSU? Are we talking community college? And how does that affect the overall plan of things? Right. you know, and what do you want to provide, you know, and having those conversations earlier on and doing the planning around it of what do you want to provide? Do you want to pay for yeah. everything? Do you want to pay for half? Do you want to pay for some? You know, those are conversations the earlier that you have, the easier it is to kind of prepare for. And exactly. Like you said, the, the, you know, the student loan system isn't designed to kind of protect you from taking out more than you can afford. It's not designed that way at all. It's designed to pay for all of college one way or the other. And so they're just going to stick you with the bill that never goes away and you other than paying it off and can only get worse over time. So definitely tread lightly when it comes to that and and kind of look at all the different resources and make sure you're okay before you either take out loans or pull money out of retirement accounts. And yeah, and I guess to answer that question in, you know, 10 seconds or less, yes, you can take money from your retirement accounts to pay for college. It is an expensive way to do it and use it as almost a last resort. Absolutely. All right. Uh, our next question is IRA or 401k? Yeah, that's uh, that's about as open-ended as uh, yeah. it gets, isn't it? I guess, you know, where to start would be just make sure everybody understands an IRA is an individual retirement account, meaning generally something you open on your own and fund on your own up to certain limits based on your earned income. The 401k is has become kind of a generic term for all employer plans in a way, but it's a employer sponsored retirement plan and you pay for, you fund it through payroll deductions. And often there is a match from your employer. So there's pros and cons to each way. Where I usually start is First of all, is does the 401k plan or 403b plan or whatever it happens to be, does that have an employer match? Okay. So if the employer is going to put money in, if you put money in, 401k is a good choice. Generally, almost always it's 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 a good choice. The next thing we want to look at is how much, well, what order do we want to take these in? 
there are higher limits on what you can put away in a 401k plan. Mm-hmm. So if you are temp- in a position where you can put away more than what an IRA would allow you to put away, which is $6,000, 100% of earned income up to $6,000 for folks under 50 right now, and an extra $1,000 a year for folks over 50. So an IR, a 401k, what is it? 20,500 this year, if you're under 50. And I think 26,500, if you're over 50, don't quote me on that. It changes all the time. And I forget, but significantly more into a 401k compared to an IRA. So that's the next consideration because you're going to get more put away with tax preferential treatment in a 401k plan if you're able to save. Now, the flip side of that is a 401k plan has a fixed menu of investment options, usually determined by your employer and the company that provides the plan for the employer. Sometimes those choices are very, very good. Sometimes those choices are not so great. (laughs) And um, a lot of times it comes down to if you have a large company that has a large number of employees with a lot of dollars in the plan, those plans can be very cost effective with very good investment options. Mm-hmm. Sometimes better than what you can get outside of a 401k. Sure. I'm talking in generalities here, but things to consider. If you work for a smaller company, a lot of times the way those plans get paid for, because they're small, they're not as lucrative to the, to the providers, you know, Fidelity and Principal, they're not nonprofits. Right. Right. So, so in the investments, you may not see them unless you look at the details, but the expenses in those funds may be higher, maybe considerably higher than what you would be paying if you opened an IRA at Vanguard or Schwab or were you, you know, using inexpensive funds on your own. So that's the next thing we look at is, is are the fund choices good in the 401k? And Usually, if those other things are true, you're putting away more money or there's an employer match, those investments have to be pretty cruddy before I'll say, no, let's not do the 401k. Oh, for but, sure. But there's kind of some wiggle room in there. And we, we've both seen some plans that were, we wondered what stone age they came out of <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how they were structured. So, you know, there are some other subtle differences that we would always caution people not to put too much weight on. Like you can borrow money from a 401k and pay yourself back. You cannot do that in an IRA. But we always tell people don't put money in your 401k on the premise that, hey, I can borrow it back to myself if I want, you know, because you're undermining the whole, yes, you can, but should you? Not necessarily. Right. And, there, and there's other subtle differences like that. And so sometimes it comes down to the timing of when you're going to retire. And there's a little bit difference in the rules sometimes between um, taking distributions before you're 59 and a half, those kind of things. Usually once you're in retirement, they work the same. Pre-tax 401ks become pre-tax IRAs. They're all taxed as um, income when it comes out. You know, Roth comes out tax-free. They follow the same rules. I think another thing to consider in this in this context as well is it's not an all or none decision, right? So if you've got right. a decent 401k with a match, you might put in up to the match and then you might decide, hey, 
I've got an extra six grand and I still qualify yes. to do a Roth IRA. So I'm going to do that in addition to my yes. 401k because maybe yes. I have different or better investment options available there. Yes. With the caveat on that, that if you are making pre-tax traditional IRA contributions and you're covered by a company plan, there are income limits to being able to deduct that money. Right. Um, so just, just check all that out before you, before you make that assumption. So that's on the saving side, like the contribution side. Um, the thought comes to me too that whoever wrote this very open-ended question may also have meant, okay, I've got an employer plan and I'm no longer working there anymore. Should I roll this money over to an IRA? Yep. And which is interesting because there's been some changes in the rules that that advisors have to follow when explaining rollovers to um, clients, which I think is ultimately a good thing. But it's kind of the same thing in reverse. If you no longer work for the company, you can generally roll your money into an IRA, which means you can invest it in anything you want. Usually that's a good thing. But if your company, again, is is a large company with very good investment options, you need to look at that. Are you going to pay more? What are you getting for what you're paying too is often what we end up talking to people about. Because usually when people roll over to an IRA with us, they then start paying us planning fees. They may be paying less on the investments though. So it comes down to, you know, sometimes it's a wash. Generally, I think people are going to pay more when they work with an advisor versus working, you know, unless it was one sure. of those really, you know, cruddy small plans that was very expensive to begin with. And we have, there've been a few in the last few years where it's been like, yeah, you can pay our fee and actually save money. Right. Plan. But that's, that's, that's the exception. I'm not, you know, we're not going to, not going to pretend like that's the norm, but whatever that is, you need to kind of wrap your head around what are we getting for that money in the current plan versus what would we be paying for and what would we get for that if we do a rollover? Yeah. And definitely, you know, when it comes to looking at the investment options, the one thing that I remind people as well is a lot of these 401k plans are designed for current employees, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not like a real big depth of fun choices when it comes mm-hmm. to retirees and keeping retirees yes. who are typically more conservative. Yes. And so that's something they that have to look out for as well is what are the fun choices now that yes. I'm no longer trying to accumulate my funds, I'm trying to be more of a distributor yes. of them and take an income. Yeah. It'll be very common for us to look at a large plan from a good employer. They will have 20 funds available to its employees and 10 of those will be large company stock funds. And five of those will be international funds and four of them will be small company funds and there may be one bond fund. It's very vanilla, middle of the road. And so what Nick's getting at there is then in retirement, if we need to incorporate more bonds into your portfolio to even out risk, there's only one choice in the 401k plan because most accumulating savers don't need a lot of bond funds. So that's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. So I think there's one other way that we might take this question too, since it was so open-ended, Dave, and that is, what if you're a small business owner and you're thinking, okay, do I contribute to an IRA or do I start a 401k plan for my company? So there's a whole, there's a bunch of plans that are geared more towards small companies or individual individual 
company, like sole proprietor kind of plans. Mm-hmm. So the 401k works well when you get a few employees and it kind of depends on the scenario and what the employer wants to provide in terms of matches and flexibility. Whatever you do in a 401k plan, because it has to follow some very strict rules, you're going to end up paying a couple thousand dollars a year in on the company level usually to manage that plan and make sure you're following all the rules. So before, if you're a small business owner, before you jump into the 401k world, you need to make sure that that's going to be worth the cost for you. Outside of 401ks, there are simple plans, which as the name implies, are a simpler version of a retirement plan. They work well for small companies, but they limit how much you can put in and the company has to follow certain contribution rules. That's how they get around all the testing that makes 401ks expensive. There are SEP plans. Those work really good, well for partnerships, like small, tight-knit groups that can sit down at the end of the... Because that's all done on the company level. At the end of the year, you basically look down and look around and say, well, we've got X money left in the budget. Let's split this up and make contributions. It doesn't work well when you start getting a company that has like different levels, like management and employees. Right. It can get complicated. You know, I, I guess we could spend all day talking about the differences in those plans, but, you know, it really comes down to what you as an employer want to do. And if you have employees, though, you know, having some kind of plan in place versus just saying, go fund your own IRA is a great way to, um, get and retain employees. Yeah, absolutely. And I would kind of take it from the standpoint of, okay, I'm a business owner. What do I need to do for myself to be successful in terms of saving for retirement? And is that going to be over and above maybe what can I, I can do in a, just mm-hmm. an IRA on my own. And then if that's the case, what do I want to do for my employees as a part of that? And can right. get those things to align so I can save enough for my own retirement and help my employees along the way. Um, once you kind of start getting into those dollar amounts over what the IRA mm-hmm. contribution limits of six or 7,000, depending on your ages are. Um, so there's a lot more thought that goes into that, but definitely, you know, that's one of those things as a small business, as you're starting to grow, you're going to get to that point where you're starting to look at those different things. And yeah, it gets a little bit more complicated when you're trying to not only align your goals, but also the goals of the business and make sure everything is kind of on the same page. And so um, definitely one of those things where you have to kind of plan out and look long-term and really work with your CPAs on what that looks like and how that affects you and also, you know, how involved do I want to be in running a 401k plan versus maybe one of the easier choices, which is the simple IRA, things of that nature that aren't as complex as well. So, right, right, right. Lots yeah. that goes into that, but lots of, uh, lots of good, good things um, and good thoughts. So that, Dave, actually wraps up our Ask Me Anything segment. Um, right. So... Thank you for uh, taking those questions with me. And thank you to our listeners for sending those in. Those were great and questions. Coming. Yeah, these are yeah. That's some of our favorite stuff to do because we know we're addressing something that's on people's minds, right? So Absolutely. Just, so you and me get, making stuff up. Yeah. Right. If we can get enough of these, we'll definitely keep doing it on a, on a quarterly basis or so. So if you have questions, send them to info at srbadvisors.com and we will try to... Uh, 
compile those for our next Ask Us Anything segment. Great. Dave, it's been a pleasure. Until next week. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.